We're back here at the Minnesota State Fair on this Saturday, expecting no showers today, but maybe tomorrow. But we're expecting now is Jack Farrell and his wine chat. Good morning from the fair, Jack. Good morning, Denny. And I'm sure that this is the last day for you at the State Fair. It's uh, it, it's a little cloudy now. Uh, are you coming back out, or have you made your visits no, I'm, already? I'm done. I was out there twice this year. Okay. And as a matter of fact, that's my inspiration for this week. I got asked more questions about why, and I thought we haven't done that in the longest time. Maybe we'd answer some questions. I get email questions all the time, and I usually answer them all myself. But uh, I thought I'd, the most popular questions I'd review today and maybe clear up some cloudy area for people on wines. One of the questions that hits me most often is, what's the best wine glass? Well, that's a complicated question. For me, it's a 12-ounce glass. Now, a 12-ounce glass means the bowl holds 12 ounces. That's a pretty sizable thing. Stop and think about it. That's 12 ounces is about the uh, size of a can of pop or a can of beer. Uh, so that's a lot of liquid that the bowl will hold, 12 ounces. That, to me, is the minimum the bowl should be. You can get them 15 ounces or 20 ounces even, but the bowl should be at least 12 ounces, never should be filled more than one-third full, and and also don't buy glasses that are very expensive because, you know, what's worse, you're worried about someone chipping or breaking a glass when they cost $40, $50, and that's very common. I have a lot of those glasses myself, and I rarely use them because, you know, if you break one, you think, oh, my gosh, that was so expensive. Wine is meant to be enjoyed, not to be fussed over or anything else. And I think the same approach should be taken with glasses. And those 12-ounce glasses don't have to be real expensive. They can be very modestly priced. I've had good fortune in finding glasses under 5 and $6. The ones I use happen to be made by Riddell. When Riddell, incidentally, is the one that makes those 50 and $75 glasses, and there are a lot of people that just love them, but I prefer to use this that's called their all-purpose glass, and I think they're around 8 or $9 a stem, and they're very durable. They don't break very easily. Where are the best values in wines coming from these days? Well, that, too, is a tough question to answer because there's so many areas. Uh, you know, if you asked me that five years ago, I would have said Chile. But today, there's value wines coming out of Italy and Spain. And I think the real reason is winemaking techniques have improved quantumly the world over. And they're not making as much a plonk wine. That is just wine that's every day and not very good. All the wines are better. And you can get wines from Italy and Spain that are very, very good. I'm talking in the under $10 category that are very uh, great values. Of course... Uh, Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand is a, a go-to value wine that's very easy. And, of course, Argentinian Malbec is another wine that's a go-to wine that's not expensive and is generally a crowd pleaser. And speaking of crowds, you get questions. I'm having a big gathering, a wedding or something. I want to have a good wine, but I don't want to break the bank. Well, again, you get New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc is a winner for white wine. So is Pinot Grigio. For red, a Beaujolais is tough to beat. And for sparkling wine, uh, a Prosecco from Italy 
or a cava from Spain. Uh, Cavatina is a, a Prosecco from Italy. It's under $10, and it is absolutely delicious. Uh, and it, it serves the function very nicely for a sparkling wine. The same thing is true of sparkling cavas. And don't forget, rosés are, are quite a value, too, these days. When uh, We're talking about best values. Almost every place produces rosé, and if you steer clear of those egomaniac rosés, and that is by that I mean somebody has a very good vineyard and they make fifty and hundred dollar bottles of wine, so they make a rosé and charge fifty or sixty dollars for it. Well, I call those egomaniac rosés. They're making those wines to satisfy their ego. Rosé is one of those wines you shouldn't pay more than twenty dollars for, and you can get real great bargains. For as little as ten and eleven dollars in rosé, in my opinion, uh, I wanted. To, I had a bottle of wine in a restaurant, and how could I? Should I take the bottle home? I liked it a lot. Uh, what about the label? Well, everybody has a digital camera. Take a picture of it and then print it out. Uh, there's other ways to remove labels, and we have them. One of the common ways is you heat the oven to three fifty, turn it off. Then put the bottle in there for about 10 minutes till it's real hot. Put an oven mitt on, take the bottle off, take a corner of the label, and it'll peel right off. And we even sell tape. It's like scotch tape, except it's about six inches wide. And you put that on a bottle, and then you can peel the label off. But as I said to start with, everybody today has a digital camera. Take a digital picture of it. That's the best way. And you, you, it's a good idea, incidentally, to take the back of the label too. So that if you're going into a shop, yeah, you had this in a restaurant, so the shop owner knows who the importer of the wine is. That's very important because sometimes a restaurant will bring wine in for themselves, and you have to go to the importer to figure out who it comes from and how to get it. Uh, what about decanting wines? I like to decant wines. Well, go ahead and do it. Uh, certainly does not hurt wine to be decanted. Uh, you really, only old wines really need decanting. Decanting, what it really does is open it up to the air. You pour it from uh, the bottle into a decanter, and as you're doing it, you're really aerating the wine. And every wine benefits from that aeration. You swirl the wine around in your glass. What are you doing? You're aerating the wine. So uh, I prefer decanting just for old wines to separate it from the sediment. But if you like to decant wines, go right ahead and do it. As I said, it doesn't hurt the wine. I've begun to get into wine. And do I need to put a cellar in my house? Absolutely not. You know, buy a mixed case of wine, store it in a cool, dark place. If you live in an apartment, a uh, closet in the center of the apartment is a good place to store wine. If you have a house, the basement is a great place to store wine. And particularly in our climate, all you want to do is insulate a room or an area from the heat of the house. And that's a perfect place to store wine. It keeps the wine at about 60 to 70 degrees year-round. And as 70 isn't a bad temperature if it got there slowly. And, you know, when we had weeks and weeks of 90-degree weather, uh, the temperature might get up to 70, but then it drifts down. And I, for one, I've got a very old house. Uh, we've, had, we've been in the house almost 50 years. A corner of the house 
in the basement is isolated from the rest of the house. I have never lost a bottle of wine in that cellar uh, due to heat or any other problems because the old place, it's two outside brick walls, has kept that at a constant temperature. It may get in the winter down there down to 62 degrees, and in the summer it may get up to almost 70, 68, 69. But it doesn't, the temperature doesn't vary. It's cool and dark and it's perfect. So you don't really have to do that. If you want, uh, you can buy one of those little cellars. They come in all sizes. There's one that's about the size of a dishwasher. And it holds, I think, about 36 bottles. That's very handy to have because you can keep white wine in there and you take the wine out of there and it's perfect temperature to drink. And speaking of that, what, uh, is the perfect temperature to drink wine at. Well, I'll tell you this. Most restaurants serve whites too cold and reds too warm. The perfect temperature for white wine is about 55 degrees. For red wine, it's about 65 degrees. And rarely do you get it at that. If you want to hide a, a bad bottle of wine or wine you don't like, chill it, get it ice, ice cold, 35, 40 degrees. And you can drink it uh, because you can't taste it. And so, uh, in my opinion, when you get a bottle of wine in a restaurant, when they bring it to the table, usually you have to let it warm up in your glass of white wine. And for the red wines, sometimes you, you may even have to ask them for a bucket of ice to chill it down a little bit because they keep the temperature of the whites too hot. But that's all improving as restaurants begin to adapt more and more to wine, and a lot of them will even have a temperature-controlled cellar that you can walk in and see when you go into the restaurant. <clears throat> I get a lot of questions on cellaring my child. I just had a child, their birth year. What should I cellar away? Well, that depends because the vintages of wine are really what are counting when you're cellaring birth year. If you want a generality cellar port for them or a sauterne, and sauternes are sweet wines from Bordeaux, you just can't go wrong. Uh, another question I get, I like such and such a wine, what do you think of it? What do you care? It's what you think of it that's most important. It's like when people say, I'm ashamed to tell you, I put ice in my wine. Who cares? Put ice in your wine. It's a very personal thing. My only Latin I remember from school is de gustibus non desputanum est. It simply translates in matter of taste, there is no dispute, and that's the way it should be. If you like to drink sherry with spaghetti, go right ahead. You're only pleasing yourself. You don't drink wine to please other people. Bear that in mind. Excellent. The only Latin I remember after two years of it in high school is in vino veritas. <laughs> in wine, there's truth. <laughs> That's right. Say, so, Jack, before we talk about Haskell's, I, we had a texter when you were referring to, to wine glasses. Uh, the texter says, we don't wash our wine glasses at our house. We just break them. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, with all the good I Buy cheap ones. That's right, buy cheap ones. All the good advice we uh, and ideas we get from you every week, I know you stop into any one of the Haskell's locations. Those folks will be glad to help you out. They love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine with food. And best of all, they'll pair a wine that will not break the bank and will enhance the meal. So stop in and tell them what you're serving. They'll pick a wine for you, and I assure you, it'll be a wine that will please you and not break the bank. 
there's a Haskell's near you where you can save big, big dollars on wine. As a matter of fact, this weekend is the end of our summer wine sales. So come on in and save big dollars at Haskell's in Bloomington, Chanhassen. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior right off the Excelsior Dock. In Faribault, Haskell's is right off at 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. Of course, in Minneapolis, there's free parking on Saturday and Sundays downtown, and you might want to stop in and visit our wonderful wine bar right on 9th and Nicollet. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale in Minnetonka, Haskell's in Plymouth, in St. Paul's Highland Village you'll find the Haskell's, as you will in Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. If you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or go to WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website where you can peruse our summer catalog. Sounds like a winner, Jack. Well, we will be chatting with you from our downtown studios one week from today. Yes, from the beautiful studios downtown. And we will miss the fair until next year. Till next year. Thank you, Jack, very much. Bye-bye. Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Again, we'll be back uh, next uh, Saturday uh, with another wine chat. Thanks uh, to Jack Farrell.